This is Music Farmer. I am Ben Grimm. Yes, that is my name. I spotted a sports trading card shop up here in North Austin, and that's like seeing a weasel riding a woodpecker, if you know what I mean, because I haven't seen one of those since I was a kid. Maybe they still thrive in small, touristy, antique store-type towns, but that's got to be a struggle running a business like that today with things like eBay out there. I know there's a lot of baseball, football, you know, trading cards being sold on eBay. My hat's off to you for running a store like that, but something tells me you don't like this newfangled internet machine we have these days. Giving some love to jazz, horn players, and brass bands this show. A few brass bands have popped up in Austin compared to what seemed like none six or seven years ago. There's the Urban Achievers brass band who do things New Orleans style and Minor Mishap Marching Band, who's more of an eccentric gypsy type of spectacle, if you've ever seen them. And jazz, I think, you know, with with jazz, everyone still goes elsewhere for that, for the most part, but we have a little bit of that going on. Still a small thing on the radar. I've got some sounds of the street from Honk, Texas, the brass extravaganza that happened recently, This festival would probably offend some classically trained ears, but, you know, not everyone is a prodigy. And I talked to Tyler Russin from Minor Mishap about Honk. Tell me about Honk and what you were doing today out there with brass bands. All right. So my name is uh, Tyler Russin. I play in Minor Mishap Marching Band. We're based out of Austin, Texas. It's a uh, festival of street activist marching bands and brass bands. Uh, today we were over by Spider House. Uh, it's close to UG campus. And we had a ton of bands playing. I think there were probably, oh, I don't know, there, there was probably 10 or 12 bands playing. They're all scheduled out. There are four different venues. Everyone's just kind of rotating around and checking out all the bands. And it was great. We played twice, a really good crowd, and it was a lot of fun. It's a great community. The whole festival was free, and uh, it's been awesome. But as a trumpet player, there was someone, there was a brass band that kind of stuck out to you from from not around here, uh, or that, that came over from London. Right, so there's a band called Perhaps Contraption. And they're from London, and they they really blew me away. They're amazing. Um, all the bands were really good, but they really stood out. Uh, they were really um, I felt like they played really light and delicate, and a lot of their a lot of what they were doing was really intricate. And they sang a lot, and you could tell they'd written all of their own material. They weren't just pulling it from kind of a standard you know canon of music. That's what really excites me is when you can tell that people have really put a lot of time into what they're presenting to you. you know, I was really impressed with perhaps contraption. You could basically still count and forward everything, but the patterns that they were um, using, the pattern wasn't starting every four beats. So, for example, maybe the pattern would be um, seven beats long. So, really, uh, everything would only line up, you know, every 28 beats. So sometimes if you just kept tapping your foot, you know, to a steady rhythm, you'd find 
that you, it almost sounds like you're getting off, but then eventually you get back on with what they're doing, and then it would kind of pull away again and then come back together. Um, so you could tell it took a lot of concentration and preparation on their part to um, to pull that off and make it sound good. Honk is kind of a global thing, kind of connected. They do it. They don't just do it here in Austin. It's it's in London. It's in New York. It's it's kind of everywhere. So I think honk is a I think it's a U.S. thing, and I, I think I heard someone today say that there might be a honk Australia. Um, this was my first year to participate in honk, and uh, I could tell it was going to be really cool. Everyone in my band was like really excited for it, you know, and and you could just tell everyone's getting pumped up this past week. As far as I know, there's there's a honk Boston, a honk Detroit, a honk, I want to say it's either Seattle or Portland, and then we had honk Austin. They're kind of spaced out throughout the year. They, they really take advantage of the weather. Um, I know the Boston one was like in early October this past year, and I think they had some pretty good weather up there. But yeah, honk, I mean, it's basically just um, all these really cool street marching bands from all over the country kind of come together and you know show everybody what they're doing they'll all um everybody kind of sits in everybody else's band uh they'll do you know a trumpet choir or a trombone choir where all the trumpets from all the different honk bands um get together and you know before before the uh festival comes up they'll email the music out to everyone and you just kind of practice it on your own and maybe show up to honk and get like a one hour rehearsal and then and then you just go perform that for everybody so Minor Mishap went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras and played some music, did some brass band stuff over there. Want to talk about that? Yeah, so um, Minor Mishap goes out pretty much every year. They they go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and uh, I went with them this year. This was my first year. Didn't really know what to expect uh, again, and uh, in the past, I honestly, I've, I've been to New Orleans a few times and never had a great experience, so I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but this year... Um, it was amazing. Pretty much the whole band all stayed in the house together. There were 15 of us that all rented out a house, and we all brought bikes from Austin. So we were able to just kind of ride our bikes around the city and not really worry about driving or catching taxis or anything like that. And we played, you know, one or two shows a day. We played a couple parades. And then we were able to go out and see some really amazing music. I was blown away by the, the showmanship and the musicianship in New Orleans. I just, you know, I've been in Austin my whole life and I, I love the Austin scene and there's all the rock bands and, and they're great, but just going over there and seeing all the brass and jazz bands, it's totally different instrumentation. Um, I don't think I saw a guitar the entire time I was there. You know, it was all um, trumpets, clarinets, tubas, uh, saxophones, you know, just totally different stuff. And and the musicians there, they're they're amazing. I mean, they just, they blew me away. You can tell they've been honing their craft for years. Uh, I got the idea that a lot of them probably are just, you know, out there um, playing music on the street for tips every day, where in New Orleans you can really make a living doing that. And they've just honed it over years, and they're they're so fucking good. Uh, It just, it really blew my mind, and it it really got me fired up. I came back after that trip and just kind of had a new appreciation for that kind of music and it got me inspired to put a lot more time into my trumpet playing and and just learning about improvisation and jazz music and and just you know kind of made me really want to be a part of that whole scene (laughs) 
That's Minor Mishap Marching Band. For the uncultured out there, or if you haven't seen Treme, which is an awesome music show, and just an awesome show in general about New Orleans and post-Katrina, a second line are the followers and joiners of a parade behind the actual members of the club and the brass band. Once you join in and start following behind the brass band, that's the main line. You become the second line. And that's second lining. I wanted to tell this Arturo Sandoval story. I had the opportunity to go see Sandoval. This was about 10 years ago at a small jazz festival at UNT in Denton. And the weather had been bad all day, but kind of in and out. And they were still having some music outside. But I was definitely there to see Arturo Sandoval. So we finally came on stage and played about six bars and a damn tornado touched down about 10 miles away and they pulled the plug on everything. And then that was it. That was, that was done. Festival was over. It was some of the best six bars of music I ever heard, but still disappointing and everyone had to run and hide. I had the pleasure of meeting and talking with Joseph Woolard at Stagold after Gene Griffin's DJ set. Woolard is the Barry Sax and flute player in Hardproof and also a member of the Black Joe Lewis horn line. And we talked about horn players in Austin. A lot of times they just get lumped into a large funk blues soul category that spans a lot of different bands. So they don't do much solo or quartet type gigs that you would see in a normal jazz culture. Two names that do make jazz happen here are Jeff Lofton and Ephraim Owens. You can catch Ephraim on the regular at Lambert's or the Continental Club Gallery. And you can hear him sit in with a lot of people around town. He's very eager to do that. But Jeff Lofton is a real straight bebop jazz of the 50s and 60s listening experience. I can just let his stuff do the talking. This is Shanna's song.
Yeah, put some Jeff Lofton in your life. Doing some justice on trumpet there. I was listening to Bitches Brew the other night, and what is in the Bitches Brew album cover that you could stare at it for days? There's something about that album cover. I don't know, it's like it... Just something in that album, the art and the music. It's just legendary. The longevity in that album cover and the recording from Miles Davis. Everything is just amazing and such a legendary album. The artist, Mati Klarwine, I would suggest checking out. If you've seen a really good album cover out there, he probably did it. Maybe I was too many wines deep, but I heard... Something in that, when I was listening to that album, in Bitches Brew, um, I can't, I don't remember the song name, and I know they were doing a lot of experimental stuff in that album, but the drummer, there was one track, the drummer just stops nine or ten bars in, kind of just lays out for a while, and then finally comes back in and then never stops again. I just thought, it was really strange when I heard that and it stood out to me, but maybe it was the wine that was doing that. Or I was just staring at that album cover for too long. I watched the film Whiplash, and I should talk about that in this episode. It was a really great film. I really liked it. Maybe not so much justice done for jazz in that movie. You kind of want to push for Fletcher the teacher, almost, because what he's trying to do for music, his next-level Nazi teaching methods are just insane, and it's, it's just almost too much to watch. The director used a lot of his old feelings and experiences of dread from his school days in jazz band and having competitions to go win, and I immediately felt that same anxiety from when I was in band in high school, and we were really competitive, almost to the point where it was just too much all the time, and we couldn't just enjoy playing music and enjoy music just so competitive all the time. There's always a competition to go win. And I can really relate to that, just having some piece of music in front of you that you're not prepared with, or you're terrified of the tempos, or there's all these change-ups in it, and it turns into just not enjoying music. But still a really good movie. And that movie just makes you really want to go bang on some drums and just have some fun. Go listen to some jazz albums. Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, whatever, pick something old. Come back and listen to some more Bougie Woogie on the next episode. I will have some hard-proof bougie-woogie on the next show.